First of the companions whom I shall relate the accounts of today is Hazrat Abu Mulal bin Al-Azhar. His mother's name was Umm Amr bint Ashraf and he belonged to the Aus tribe of the Ansar. He had the honour of participating in the battles of Badr and Uhud. And according to one narration, his brother, Hazrat Abu Habib bin Al-Azhar, also participated in the Battle of Badr and all other battles as well. The second companion to be mentioned is Hazrat Anas bin Muaz Ansari. In some narrations, his name has also been reported to be Unas, and he belonged to the Banu Najjar clan of the Khazraj tribe of the Ansar. His mother's name was Umm Unas bint Khalid, and he participated in all of the battles alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, including the battles of Badr, Uhud, and Khandak. His brother, Hazrat Ubay bin Muaz, also participated in the battle of Uhud along with him. However, there are varying opinions regarding the date of his demise. It is mentioned in a narration that he died during the period of the Khilafat of Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala anhu, while in another narration it is mentioned that Hazrat Anas bin Muaz and his brother Hazrat Ubay bin Muaz were martyred during the incident of Bere Mauna. The next companion to be mentioned is Hazrat Abu Shaykh Abu Ubay bin Sabit radiallahu ta'ala anhu. His title was Abu Shaykh and Hazrat Abu Ubay bin Sabit belonged to the Banu Adi clan of the Khazraj tribe of the Ansar. His title was Abu Shaykh and according to another saying, this was his son's title. His mother's name was Sukhta bin Teharisa and Hazrat Ubay bin Sabit was the brother of Hazrat Hassan bin Sabit and Hazrat Os bin Sabit. He participated in the battles of Badr and Uhud and he passed away on the day of the incident of Bere Mauna. However, there are also varying opinions as to whether Hazrat Ubay bin Sabit participated 
in the battle of Badr or not and various books of history speak on this Ibn Ishaq states that Hazrat Ubay bin Sabit passed away during the period of Jahiliyyah prior to Islam and that the individual who participated in the battles of Uhud and Badr was in fact his son Abu Shaykh bin Ubay bin Sabit. However, Alama ibn Hisham has counted Hazrat Abu Shaykh Ubay bin Sabit among the participants of the Battle of Badr. Regarding the demise of Hazrat Ubay bin Sabit, it is reported in some narrations that he passed away on the day of the incident of Bere Mauna. However, in other narrations, it is mentioned that he passed away on the day of the Battle of Uhud. In any case, we also learn from other narrations that the companion who was martyred on the day of the Battle of Uhud was not him but rather his brother Hazrat Os bin Sabit. Another companion is Hazrat Abu Burda bin Nayar. His title was Abu Burda and he was more commonly known by his title while his actual name was Hani. And in one narration his name is also mentioned as Haris and in another one it is mentioned as Malik. And he belonged to the Bali clan of the tribe of Bani Qazar. Hazrat Abu Burda was the maternal uncle of Hazrat Bara bin Azib while according to another narration, Hazrat Abu Burda was the paternal uncle of Hazrat Bara bin Azib. He participated in the second bath at Aqaba, and moreover he also participated in all of the battles along with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, including the battles of Badr, Uhud and Khandaq. And on the day of the victory of Mecca, Hazrat Abu Burda was holding the flag of Banu Harissa. When Hazrat Abs and Hazrat Abu Burda accepted Islam, both of them destroyed the idols of the tribe of Banu Harissa, that is, the idols belonging to their tribe. Hazrat Abu Umama relates that when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, decided to depart towards Badr for the battle of Badr, Hazrat Abu Umama also prepared himself in order to accompany the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Upon this, his maternal uncle, Hazrat Abu Burda bin Niyar, said that he should stay behind in order to take care of his mother. His mother was ill at the time, and so he told him to stay behind. However, Hazrat Abu Umama was passionate, as this was the first attack being launched against Islam, and he also wanted to go forth for battle. Hence, he replied that she is also your sister, therefore you should remain behind instead of asking me. And so when this matter was presented to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, instructed Hazrat Abu Umama, i.e. the son, to stay behind. And thus Hazrat Abu Burda went with the army. And when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, returned from the battle, the mother of Hazrat Abu Umama had passed away, and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, offered her funeral prayer. On the day of the Battle of Uhud, the Muslims had two horses, one horse by the name of As-Sakaf, which was with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and the other horse by the name Malafi, and this was with Hazrat Abu Burda. Hazrat Abu Burda bin Niyar relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, went to visit some of the tribes and prayed for them. However, he left out one tribe and did not go to them. The people of that tribe felt this and wanted to find out as to why this was the case. And so, they searched the belongings of one of their people and found a necklace in his sack that he had stolen. Hence, they returned it and subsequently, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, came to them as well and also prayed for them. Hazrat Abu Burda participated in all the battles alongside Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. 
He passed away in the early part of Hazrat Muawiyah's era and there are various narrations regarding the year of his demise. According to one narration, he passed away in the 41st year after Hijrah, i.e. migration to Medina, whereas according to another narration, he passed away in the 42nd year after Hijrah. Also, for the year 45 Hijrah is mentioned as well. Hazrat Barra bin Azib narrates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, addressed them following the prayer of Eid al-Adha and stated that the person who prayed in the manner we prayed and offered a sacrifice in the manner we did, he has performed the sacrifice in the correct manner. However, as for the person who offered the sacrifice prior to the prayer, then that goat is simply a piece of meat and not a sacrifice. If the sacrifice is offered before the prayer, then that is equivalent to one who simply slaughters the animal for the purpose of eating its meat. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Burda bin Niyar, the companion who is currently being mentioned, stood up and said to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that, O Prophet of Allah, I offered a sacrifice prior to the prayer and considered this day for eating and drinking. Therefore I did this immediately and ate myself and also fed my family and my neighbours. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied that this goat was merely slaughtered for its meat and this is not a sacrifice offered by you. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Burda replied that he had some lambs that are a year old and they are better than two goats. That is, they are nurtured well and even though they are only a year old, they are healthy and better than two goats. And so, will it be sufficient on my behalf to sacrifice them? The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied that yes, you may do so. However, this will not suffice for anyone after you. And that is, you are permitted to do so in this instance. However, no one after you will be permitted to do this. Other ahadith, i.e. the traditions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, also state the same. That firstly, the sacrifice should be offered after the Eid prayer. And secondly, that the goat, an animal of sacrifice, should be of a certain age. Nonetheless, in relation to this statement of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in which he said that after Hazrat Abu Burda no one else will be permitted to do this, a question was once raised in a gathering with the promised Messiah والسلام, in terms of what the age the goat should be when sacrificed. The promised Messiah والسلام, asked Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I, Hazrat Mulana Nuruddin Sahib, to answer this as he was sitting there. Upon this he said that according to the Ahli Hadith sect, it should be at least two years old. He said that in their countries the tradition is that it is necessary for it to have two large teeth visible at the front. Nonetheless, at the time, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said to Hazrat Abu Burda that he will accept his sacrifice of the one-year-old lamb. However, this will not be accepted for anyone else after him. The animal to be sacrificed should be a mature male or female goat, and this is the very tradition that is followed by the Jamaat as well and is also in our edicts on this issue as mentioned by the Promised Messiah alayhi salatu wassalam. The next companion to be mentioned is Hazrat Asad bin Yazid. The name of the father of Hazrat Asad was Yazid bin Al-Faqih and he belonged to the branch of Banu Zarek of the Ansar tribe of Banu Khazraj. He participated alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in the battles of Badr and Uhud. And Alamma ibn Ishaq has recorded the name of Saad bin Yazid instead of Asad among the companions of Badr. There are various opinions regarding the name of Asad bin Yazid, and others have stated the following names, which is Saad bin Zaid, Sayyid bin Al-Faqih, and Saad bin Yazid. Another companion who took part in the Battle of Badr is by the name of Hazrat Tamim bin Yar Ansari. The name of the father of Hazrat Tamim was Yar and he belonged to the branch of Banu Jadara bin Of bin Al-Haris of the tribe of Khazraj. He participated alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in the battles of Badr and Uhud. And a son by the name of Ribi and a daughter by the name of Jamila were among the children of Hazrat Tamim and his mother belonged to the tribe of Banu Amr.
The next companion to be mentioned is Hazrat Aus bin Sabit bin Munzir. He was also an Ansari and his title was Abu Shaddad. The name of the father of Hazrat Aus was Sabit and the name of his mother was Sukhta bin Tiharisa. He was the father of the well-known companion Hazrat Shaddad bin Aus and he belonged to the Ansar tribe of Banu Amr bin Malik bin Najar. Hazrat Aus bin Haris participated in the second pledge of Akbar and thus accepted Islam and he participated alongside the Holy Prophet peace be upon him in the battles of Badr and Uhud and the well-known poet Hazrat Hassan bin Sabit and Hazrat Ubay bin Sabit were his brothers. When Hazrat Usman bin Affan migrated to Medina he stayed at his home and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, formed a bond of brotherhood between Hazrat Usman bin Affan and Hazrat Aus bin Sabit. And in regards to his demise, Abdullah bin Muhammad bin Ammara Ansari says that he was martyred during the Battle of Uhud. But there are some who disagree with this. However, those that disagree with this are weak narrators. The next companion to be mentioned is Hazrat Sabit bin Khansa. He belonged to the tribe of Banu Ghanam bin Adi bin Najar. He had the great honour to participate in the Battle of Badr and this is all that is known about him. Hazrat Aus bin Samit was another companion who participated in the Battle of Badr. Hazrat Aus bin Samit was Hazrat Abada bin Samit's brother and Hazrat Aus participated in the Battle of Badr, Ohad and all other battles alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, established a bond of brotherhood between Hazrat Aus bin Samit and Hazrat Marsad bin Abi Marsad al-Ghanwi. It is stated in narrations that on one occasion Hazrat Aus expressed zihar towards his wife Khuella bint Malik. According to ancient Arab customs, zihar was when an individual would declare his wife to be like his own mother or sister as a way of severing marital ties with her. Islam, however, abolished this custom and has stated that one cannot seek divorce merely through uttering this statement, that is, by simply declaring one's wife to be like one's own mother or one's own sister. This indeed is a deplorable act and as a punishment, Islam has stated that one ought to atone for this error. And so, before he could atone for this error, Hazrat Aus re-established relations with his wife. Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that this was unlawful and instructed him to distribute 15 sa' of barley among 60 poor people. Sa' is a unit of measurement equal to approximately 2.75 kg. In other words, the atonement for such an act is to feed 60 poor people. Regarding the concept of zihar, the Quranic injunction is as follows. God Almighty states, الَّذِينَ يُظَاهِرُونَ مِنْكُمْ مِنْ نِسَائِهِمْ مَا هُنَّ أُمَّهَاتِهِمْ إِنْ أُمَّهَاتُهُمْ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَدْنَهُمْ وَإِنَّهُمْ لَيَقُولُونَ مُنْكَرًا مِنَ الْقَوْلِ وَزُورًا وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَعْفُوبٌ غَفُورٌ وَالَّذِينَ يُظَاهِرُونَ مِنْ نِسَائِهِمْ ثُمَّ يَعُودُونَ لِمَا قَالُوا فَتَحْرِيرُ رَقَبَةٍ مِّنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يَتَمَاسَّ ذَلِكُمْ تُوْعَزُونَ بِهِ وَاللَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ خَبِيرٌ فَمَنْ لَمْ يَجِدْ فَصِيَامُ شَهْرَيْنِ مُتَتَابِعَيْنِ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يَتَمَاسَّ فَمَنْ لَمْ يَسْتَطِئْ فَإِطْعَامُ سِتِّينَ مِسْكِينَ ذَلِكَ لِتُؤْمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَتِلْكَ حُدُودُ اللَّهِ وَلِلْكَافِرِينَ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ 
that is, those among you who put away their wives by calling them mothers, they do not become their mothers. Their mothers are only those who gave them birth, and they certainly utter words that are manifestly evil and untrue. But surely Allah is the effacer of sins, most forgiving. As to those who call their wives mothers and then would go back on what they have said, the penalty for it is the freeing of a slave before they touch each other. In those days there were slaves and therefore they had to free a slave. This is what you are admonished with and Allah is well aware of what you do. But whoso does not find one, that is if one does not have a slave they can free, then he must fast for two successive months before they touch each other. And whoso is not able to do so should feed sixty poor people. This is so that you may truly believe in Allah and His Messenger. And these are the limits prescribed by Allah and for the disbelievers is a painful punishment. The Promised Messiah has also rendered its translation which is as follows A person who declares his wife to be a mother does not in reality become his mother because his mother can only be the one who gave birth to him Hence, what they say is completely inappropriate and untrue However, God Almighty grants pardon and is forgiving Those who call their wives their mother but then return to them should free one slave this is what God the All-Knowing has commanded. And if such a person is unable to free a slave, then they should fast for two consecutive months before re-establishing relations with their wife. And if they are unable to fast, then they should feed sixty poor people. Hazrat Os's wife, Hazrat Khuwella bint Malik bin Salba, narrates, My husband Os bin Samit expressed zihar in relation to me. And so I took my complaint to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And whilst counselling me, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that instill the fear of God in you, for he is also your paternal uncle's son. However, I remained persistent regarding this matter until the following verse of the Holy Qur'an was revealed. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said to her that how can she be his mother? And moreover, she was the paternal uncle's son and she was also his wife. However, she further states, in any case, I insisted on this until this verse of the Holy Qur'an was revealed that قَدْ سَمِيَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِلُكَ فِي زَوْجِهَا And that is, Allah has indeed heard the speech of her who pleads with thee concerning her husband. Thus, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that the penalty for your husband is to free a slave as it has been commanded in the verse of the Holy Qur'an and the rest of the detail has just been mentioned earlier that is, for one to free a slave as a penalty. However, she further states that I said to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that he does not have the means to do so. He is a poor man. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then said that then he should fast for two consecutive months. Again, I said to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that, O Prophet of Allah, he is unable to fast consecutively due to his old age. He does not have the strength to do so. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then stated, and then he should feed sixty poor people. I again said that, O Prophet of Allah, he does not have any wealth with which he could do this and offer sadaqah, i.e. charity. Hazrat Khuwella further states that a sack of dates was delivered to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, whilst I was sitting there. And so I said, O Prophet of Allah, I can support him with the second sack of dates, meaning that if I can get this, then we will be able to arrange for the second one ourselves. Upon this the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said that very well, go ahead and take this bag and feed sixty poor people on his behalf and then return to your uncle's son, meaning then return to her husband and he assured her that she did not become his mother by him simply uttering such words. Thus by relating the accounts of the companions many other issues are also resolved. Hazrat Ibn Abbas narrates that the very first zihar, i.e. the practice of labelling one's wife as one's mother, that took place in Islam was by Hazrat Os bin Samit. He was married to his paternal uncle's daughter 
and he expresses his heart towards her. In any case, these are the limits that have been set by God Almighty, and this matter was also once presented before the promised Messiah as well, and he prescribed the same punishment. A similar matter was also presented before Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II, and he stated that this is the appropriate penalty for this, unless such a person is extremely poor and does not bear the strength, then he should instead seek repentance and should fulfill the requirements of the punishment to the best of his means. In any case, God Almighty has prescribed the limits in regards to one who declares his wife to be his mother or sister. Some have the habit of fighting over very petty matters and expressing to their wives that you are forbidden for me or you are my mother or they take similar oaths. So these are the types of people who exceed the limits prescribed and therefore receive the punishment which God Almighty has stated which is to either free a slave, observe fasts or then feed the poor. Hazrat Aus bin Samit was also a poet and Hazrat Aus bin Samit and Shaddad bin Aus Ansari took residence in Baitul Maqdas. Hazrat Aus passed away in Palestine in 34 Hijri at the age of 72. Another companion is Hazrat Arkam bin Abi Arkam. His title was Abu Abdullah and Hazrat Arkam's mother was Umema bin Teharis and according to other narrations her name was Tumazir bin Tehuzam and Safiya bin Haris. Hazrat Arkam was from the Banu Makhzum tribe and he was amongst the first companions to accept Islam. According to some sources, 11 people had entered the fold of Islam at the time of his acceptance of Islam and some are of the opinion that he was the seventh person to accept Islam. Hazrat Urwa bin Zubair narrates that Hazrat Arkam, Hazrat Abu Ubeda bin Jarrah and Hazrat Usman bin Mazun accepted Islam together at the same time. Hazrat Arkam owned a house outside of Mecca near the mountain of Safa, which is well renowned in history by the name of Dare Arkam, in which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and the early Muslims would perform worship. This was the place where Hazrat Umar accepted Islam, after which the total number of Muslims was 40. And after Hazrat Umar conversion to Islam, Muslims began leaving this house and practiced their faith openly. This house remained under the ownership of Hazrat Arkam, and later his grandson sold this house to Abu Jafar Mansur. Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmad Sahib has provided details about this in Sirat Fatimun Nabiyin. In regards to the first center of Islam, i.e. Dari Arkam, Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmad Sahib writes that perhaps during these days the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, thought that a center for the propagation of Islam be established in Mecca, where Muslims could gather without any hindrance to offer their prayers, etc., and where the propagation of Islam could formally yet quietly take place with peace and calm. For this purpose, a location was required which could serve as a headquarters. Thus the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, selected the house of a new Muslim called Arkam bin Abi Arkam, which was situated at the foot of Mount Safa. Thereafter, the Muslims would gather here, and it is here that they would offer their salat, it is here that the seekers of truth would come, and where the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would preach the religion of Islam to them. It is for this reason that this house has found reverence in the history of Islam, and is renowned by the name Darul Islam. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, worked in Dari Arkam for approximately three years. In other words, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, made it his headquarters in the fourth year of his prophethood, and worked in it until the end of his sixth year. Historians write that the last person to accept Islam in Dari Arkam was Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu the acceptance of whom strengthened the Muslims to the extent that they left Dari Arkham and began to preach openly. After the migration to Medina, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, established a bond of brotherhood, i.e. Muakhat, between Hazrat Arkham radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Hazrat Abu Talha Zaid bin Sahal, 
Hazrat Arkham participated in the battle of Badr alongside the Holy Prophet peace be upon him and the Holy Prophet peace be upon him gave him a sword from the spoils of war at Badr. Hazrat Arkham fought in the battles of Badr, Uhud and all of the battles alongside the Holy Prophet peace be upon him and the Holy Prophet peace be upon him also gave him a house in Medina. On one occasion the Holy Prophet peace be upon him also appointed him to collect the Sadqah. It is also noted in history that Hazrat Arkham was among the participants in the Hilful Fuzul, i.e. the pact made by the elders of Mecca prior to Islam in order to help the poor and in which the Holy Prophet peace be upon him also participated. Hazrat Usman bin Arkham, the son of Hazrat Arkham, relates that my father passed away in 53 Hijri at the age of 83. However, some have said that he passed away in 55 Hijri and there is also conflicting view with regards to his age. Some say he was 80 years of age or a little more. Hazrat Arkham instructed that his funeral prayer be led by Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas who was a companion of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him. However, at the time of his demise, Hazrat Saad was in Aqib which was quite a distance away. Marwan then said that how could a companion of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, not be buried due to someone not being present? In other words, how could a companion's body be placed aside and not be buried until that particular person came? And in saying this, he wanted to lead the funeral prayer himself. But Ubaidullah bin Arkham did not accept this proposal of Marwan and the funeral prayer of Hazrat Arkham was led by Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas upon his arrival. And after that he was buried in Jannatul Baqi. Then there is another narration with regards to him that Hazrat Arkham was preparing to travel to Baitul Maqdas and went to the Holy Prophet peace be upon him to gain his permission to embark on this journey. The Holy Prophet peace be upon him inquired that are you travelling to Baitul Maqdas for a necessary task or for the purpose of trade? Hazrat Arkham replied that O Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam May my mother and father be sacrificed for you. I do not go there for something urgent and nor for any trade, but I only wish to offer my prayers at Baitul Maqdas. Thereupon the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, answered that a prayer of mine here in this mosque, i.e. Medina, is greater than a thousand prayers in other mosques, except the Kaaba. Upon this, Hazrat Arkham changed his mind. Another companion whom I shall mention is Hazrat Basbas bin Amr and according to one source his name was Basbas bin Bishr. Hazrat Basbas Joni belonged to the Banu Saada bin Qab bin Khazraj tribe of the Ansar. However, according to Urwa bin Zubair, he belonged to the Banu Zuraif bin Khazraj tribe. Hazrat Basbas participated in the Battle of Badr and is counted among the Ansar companions. He is also known by the name Busasa, Busas and Basbasa. And apart from the Battle of Badr, he also took part in the Battle of Uhud. On the day of Badr, with regards to the departure from Medina, Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmed Sahib writes the following in Sirat Khatam al-Nabiyyin. He writes, Upon departing from Medina, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, appointed Abdullah bin Ummi Maktoum as the Amir of Medina in his absence. However, when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, reached close to Roha, which is situated at a distance of 36 miles from Medina, perhaps in the consideration that Abdullah was a blind man and news of the imminent arrival of the army of the Quraysh demanded that in his own absence the administration of Medina should remain strong, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, appointed Abu Lubaba bin Munzir as the Amir of Medina and sent him back. It was ordered that Abdullah bin Umar Maktoum would only remain to be the Imam al-Salat while Abu Lubaba would oversee matters of administration. And Asim bin Adi was appointed as a separate Amir to oversee the additional population of Medina, i.e. Quba. And it was from this very place that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, sent two companions named Basbas and Adi towards Badr, 
in order to gather intelligence with respect to the enemy's movements and instructed that they return swiftly with the intelligence. I mentioned the account of Hazrat Adi bin Abi Raghba in the Friday sermon two weeks ago and I mentioned the incident in which Hazrat Basbas and Hazrat Adi bin Raghba were sent to a certain place. Thus, when the two of them reached Badr to acquire intelligence, Hazrat Basbas bin Amr and Hazrat Adi bin Raghba sat their camels by a well near a hill. They took out their leather water bags and filled them up with the water from the well and had some to drink as well. Meanwhile, they overheard two women speaking to one another about the arrival of a caravan. There was also a man stood beside them. Thereafter, they returned to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and informed him that they overheard the women discussing about a caravan due to arrive. The man who stood there was called Majdi, and I have already discussed this account in detail. The historian writes that the following morning, Abu Sufyan reached the place where the caravan had arrived and he asked Majdi Did you see anyone who may have come here to gather intelligence? He also asked If you hide the secrets of the enemy from us then no one from the Quraysh will ever make peace with you. Majdi, i.e. the individual who stood there that day, replied By God, I did not see a single person here whom I do not know. No enemy of yours can be found between here and Yasrib. Even if there was someone, neither would he have been able to hide from me, and nor would I have hidden him from you. He then said, Although I did see two riders stopping here, and pointing to where Hazrat Basbas and Hazrat Adi had sat their camels. He said they sat their camels here, and drank some water, and then set off once again. Abu Sufyan then went to the area in which the two companions sat their camels and picked up the droppings of the camels to inspect them. He was suspicious and therefore acted in this way. And when he crushed them, he found date stones in the droppings of the camels. Upon this, Abu Sufyan said that by God, this is the forage of the camels of Yasrib. They must have come from there and these were surely the spies of Muhammad and his people. In other words, the two men had come from Medina as spies and from these camel droppings I can now see why they came here. He then further said, I feel as if they are still nearby and thereafter he moved on swiftly with his convoy. In that era the Arabs not only had particular ways of gathering intelligence but they were also very skilled in deducing information from their surroundings. This incident has also been mentioned under the section of Battle of Badr in Sirat Khatam al-Nabiyyin in which Hazrat Mizza Bishir Sahib writes When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, reached near Badr motivated by some feeling which narrations have not disclosed the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, seated Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu behind himself and proceeded ahead of the Muslim army at that time the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, encountered an old Bedouin from whom the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, gathered during the course of the conversation that the army of the Quraysh had reached very close to Badr. Upon hearing this news, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, returned and dispatched Hazrat Ali, Zubair bin al-Awam and Saad bin Abi Waqas and others to gather information. And according to another narration, Hazrat Basbas was also among them. Initially they were sent to gather information about the caravan but now, since they had heard that an army was approaching, they were sent once again to gather information regarding the army, and Hazrat Basbas was among them. When these people arrived at the valley of Badr, suddenly they noticed that a few Meccans were collecting water from a spring. And so these companions attacked this party, taking captive an Abyssinian slave, and brought him to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. At the time, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was engaged in Salat, and when the companions noticed that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was engaged in Salat, they began to interrogate the slave themselves, inquiring as to the whereabouts of the caravan of Abu Sufyan. 
Since this Abyssinian slave had come along with the army and was unaware of the caravan, he responded, that I am unaware of Abu Sufyan, but Abu Hukum, Ay Abu Jahal, Utba, Sheba and Umayyah etc. have encamped on the opposite side of the valley. The companions, who were more inclined to the caravan, as they only had knowledge of a caravan approaching, and this was the only thing on their minds, therefore they thought that he was lying, and that he desired to deliberately conceal the whereabouts of the caravan, upon which a few people began to beat and strike him. However, when they would strike him due to fear, he would say that, all right, I shall tell you. And when they would release him, he would reiterate his initial response that I am unaware of Abu Sufyan, but Abu Jahl etc. are present nearby. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, heard this during his Salat, he quickly finished his Salat and forbade the companions from beating him. And he said, when he tells the truth, you beat him and when he lies you release him. Then the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, gently inquired himself that at this time, where is the army positioned? He responded, that on the opposite side of the hill before you. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then inquired, how many men are there in the army? He responded, a multitude, but I am unaware of the exact figure. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then said, all right, then tell me how many camels are slaughtered daily for consumption. He responded, Ten. Apart from their provisions for battle, they also brought their provisions for food as well. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then turned to the companions and said, that it seems as if they are a force of one thousand men if they are slaughtering ten camels. And this estimate actually turned out to be correct. The next companion whom I shall mention is Hazrat Salba bin Amr who was an Ansari companion. Hazrat Salba belonged to the Banu Najjar tribe and his mother's name was Gabsha who was the sister of the renowned poet Hazrat Hassan bin Sabit. Hazrat Salba participated in the Battle of Badr and all other battles alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. He is among those companions who destroyed the idols of Banu Salma and Hazrat Salba passed away during the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar anhu in the Battle of Jizr, i.e. the Battle of the Bridge. The Battle of Jizr took place in 14 Hijri, and in Tabri it is recorded to have taken place in 13 Hijri, which was fought against the Iranians. Both armies, the Muslims led by Hazrat Abu Ubaid and the Iranians led by Bahman Jazawiya, met at the Euphrates River. There was a Jizr, i.e. a bridge built to cross the river, and it was for this reason that it is known as the Battle of Jizr. Some are of the opinion that Hazrat Salba passed away during the Khilafat of Hazrat Usman ta'ala anhu. The next companion is Hazrat Salba bin Ghanama. And according to one narration, Hazrat Salba's name was Salba bin Anama. Hazrat Salba's mother's name was Jahira bin Tqain. He belonged to the Banu Salma tribe of the Ansar. Hazrat Salva is counted amongst those 70 companions who participated in the second Bayt Akbar at the hands of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. When Hazrat Salva accepted Islam, he broke the idols of Banu Salma, his own tribe, along with Hazrat Muaz bin Jabal and Abdullah bin Unes. Hazrat Salva fought in the battles of Badr, Ohad, and Khandak. And during the Battle of Khandak, he was martyred by Hubera bin Abi Wahab. And according to another narration, he was martyred in the Battle of Khabr. And the next companion is Hazrat Jabir bin Khalid. He belonged to the Insar tribe of Banu Dinar. Hazrat Jabir bin Khalid participated in the Battle of Badr and Ohad. Then there is a companion by the name of Azharis bin Numan Umayyah Ansari and he belonged to the Aus tribe of the Ansar. He participated in the battles of Badr and Ahad alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And he was the paternal uncle of Hazrat Abdullah bin Jubair and Hazrat Fuad bin Jubair. And he was present in the battle of Sifin on the side of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Then there is a companion named Hazrat Haris bin Anas Ansari his mother's name was Hazrat Umm Sharik and his father's name was Anas bin Rafi. 
His mother also had the honor of accepting Islam and entering into the bayt, a pledge of allegiance of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Hazrat Haris belonged to the Banu Abdi Ash'al branch of the Aus tribe, and he participated in the battles of Badr and Ahud, and attained martyrdom during the Battle of Ahud. During the Battle of Ahud, Hazrat Haris was among those few companions who remained on the mount with Hazrat Abdullah bin Jubair, and as a result of this, he was martyred. Then another companion was Hazrat Hures bin Zaid Ansari. And according to the narrations, his name is also recorded as Zaid bin Salba. He belonged to the Banu Zaid bin Haris branch of the Khazraj tribe. And he participated in the battle of Badr along with his brother, Hazrat Abdullah. He was the one who was taught the Azan in a vision, and he also participated in the battle of Badr. His brother was also taught the words of the Azan in a dream. The next companion that I will speak about is Hazrat Haris bin Asimma. Hazrat Haris bin Asimma belonged to the Banu Nijar tribe of the Ansar and was martyred during the incident of Bere Mauna. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, established a bond of brotherhood between Hazrat Haris and Hazrat Suhaib bin Sinan. Hazrat Haris bin Asimma departed with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, on the day of Badr. However, when they reached Arroh, he did not have the strength to proceed further. Consequently, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, sent him back to Medina. Yet he was granted the same amount from the spoils of war as those who had participated in the Battle of Badr. So despite not physically participating in the Battle of Badr, he nevertheless had the desire to do so and left for Badr accordingly. However, owing to his ill health, or perhaps he fell ill en route, he was sent home, but seeing his passion and devotion, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, counted him among the companions who took part in the Battle of Badr. And he was present during the Battle of Ahud. And on the day when some of the people left their post, Hazrat Haris remained steadfast. Hazrat Haris had pledged to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to sacrifice his life. And Hazrat Haris killed Usman bin Abdullah bin Mughera Mahzumi and took his armor, which included his body armor, helmet and sword. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, later granted him these same items from the spoils of war. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, learnt of Usman bin Abdullah's death, he praised God Almighty for causing him to perish, as he was an extremely hostile and dangerous enemy of Islam. He was a mushrik, an idolater, and came fully equipped with his weapons in order to inflict harm upon the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And on the day of the Battle of Ohad, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, inquired as to what happened to his uncle Hamza. Hazrat Haris went to search for him, and after some time had elapsed, Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu then went to inquire, and when he came to Hazrat Haris, he saw that Hazrat Hamza radiallahu ta'ala anhu had been martyred. Both of these companions then returned and informed the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, of his martyrdom. Hazrat Haris relates that on the day of the Battle of Ohad, while the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was in a narrow valley of a mountain, he asked me, and have you seen Abdul Rahman bin Auf? In reply to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, I said, I have seen him on the side of the mountain, and the army of the idolaters was attacking him. I initially turned towards him, but I then saw you, and therefore came to you. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said, that the angels are protecting him, i.e. Abdul Rahman bin Auf. In another narration it states that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said that the angels were fighting along with him. Hazrat Haris states, Once the battle had finished, I went to Abdul Rahman bin Auf and I saw that seven people had been killed and were lying dead in front of him. I asked him whether he had killed all of them and Abdul Rahman bin Auf replied that he had killed three of them but does not have knowledge of who killed the others. Upon this I said, that indeed, how true is the word of God and his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that is, that the angels were aiding him. Hazrat Haris was also part of the delegation that went to Bere Mauna. And at the time of when the incident of Bere Mauna took place, and the companions were being martyred, 
Hazrat Haris and Amr bin Umayyah had gone to graze the camels. According to Sirat ibn Hisham, these two companions were Amr bin Umayyah and Hazrat Munzir bin Muhammad. However, in other narrations, it was Hazrat Haris and Amr bin Umayyah who went to graze the camels. But nonetheless, according to the narration which specifies these two names, i.e. Hazrat Haris and Amr bin Umayyah, when they returned to their camp, they saw that the birds had congregated there, and from this they understood that their companions had been martyred. Hazrat Haris inquired from Hazrat Amr as to what they should do. Amr replied, I think we should go back and inform the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. However, Hazrat Haris replied, that I will not turn away from the place where Munzir was martyred. And so he went ahead and was martyred whilst fighting against them. Hazrat Abdullah bin Abi Bakr relates that Hazrat Haris was martyred as a result of the continuous spears that were thrown at him by the enemy, which had become stuck in his body and resulted in his martyrdom. May God Almighty continue to elevate the rank of the companions who took part